Are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's take a walk. Welcome to Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. I'm Lori. And I'm Dallas. To library or not to library? That is the question. When should we utilize our treasured libraries and their free resources instead of hastily downloading from the online giants? Or what about the little used bookshop around the corner? Are we seeing them disappear before our eyes now that the digital media is available in abundance? Hopefully today, we can inspire some enthusiasm and some excitement back into the public for books and knowledge that don't come from our ever-present devices. Step right up, because here we go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Hello there. Hello. I am so excited to talk about libraries because you and I both love libraries. This is our first topic where we actually really love the same thing. Yes, definitely. Now, we I... do vary a little bit on the print versus digital side. Slightly. And we do definitely vary on genres, which we will get so. into. But I don't think anything can compare to a library. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And, and I can't I, wait later to tell you about some of the most amazing libraries in the world that I have found. That'll be awesome. And I know some people are probably sitting at home going, are you serious? Libraries? Why are we going to talk about this? But seriously, people, give us your time for this. I think we can turn you around on that idea. I think we can. At least I hope so. Well, let's give it a try. Let's start off with our rapid fire this morning. Okay. So first question, which I already kind of know the answer to, library, online store, or brick and mortar bookstore? That's so hard because I utilize all of them for different reasons, of course, but the librarian in me, because I have worked and volunteered in libraries before, says if I had to choose library. And just like you, totally torn, all three can't stop. <laughs> I know. Volunteered at a library myself, was friends of the library program. Love them. All right. Favorite genre? I'm that girly girl who loves romance. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> it just, it cheers me up because there's so much going on in the world that's negative or depressing that I just liked happily ever after, basically. But I also love biographies or autobiographies if it's a person that I'm interested in. And that's the one area we do agree on the genres. Definitely not on the romance novel side. Uh -huh. I, between you and my other friends, you have tried so many times to give me authors that you really love and stories you found so fun. And no, <laughs> I just can't. It's not the happy ever after that I don't like. I don't know what it is about romance novels, but unfortunately my genre leans a little bit more towards the thriller horror side of things and the sci-fi most definitely sci-fi and fantasy which is so. interesting because of your not dislike but you kind of stay away from the true crime horror type i do genre in forms of television shows or documentaries and such yes so it it is very odd that mm -hmm. it is one of my favorites when it comes to I guess fiction novels, but when it comes to true crime and nonfiction, not so much. But right. nonfiction is a huge area for me, like all nonfiction. That I can get lost in all day, every day. That is my youngest son. He's like a facts and figures kid. 
space, the world, different countries, animals. He loves to dig into the nonfiction. I can't get him to read a chapter book when there's a book that's just filled with facts around. I know more than a few times for birthdays. It's an Amazon gift card that turns into another book on space. Yes. <laughs> or right now we're in countries, right? That's we're the big in, thing right now. We're in countries and marine mammals, okay. dolphins specifically. Oh, so speaking of genres, what is your favorite book or your favorite author? Maybe you've got more than one favorite book. My favorite book. I know book, one of them. Yeah, my favorite book of all time, Pride and Prejudice, hands down. That'll never change. I have, I'll explain later, but multiple copies. But also another author I like just for the happily ever after romance quick reads is an author named Susan Stoker. Okay. And I love her work. And you? Well, again, I lend myself on the fiction side more towards the thriller side of thing and sci-fi fantasy. Right now, I'm hooked on an author called Jim Butcher and a series he does called The Dresden Files. Oh, I do know that. I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. You've talked about that before. Yeah. So I really love that book. It was something an old friend of mine and I really shared. It was a fun thing for us to kind of get into. And we would almost Harry Potter <laughs> to try to get it right when it came out. Right. Um, which is nice with digital because you can just download it. You don't have to go to the store. But I also really loved going to the store because we had a great experience where he found out that Jim Butcher was going to be in town for a little seminar and, and signing and whatnot uh, when the new okay. Dresden Files came out. So we got to go together. And that was kind of like one of the last things that we got to do together. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was fun. I tell you, though, that brings up a good point. So we had to have something for him to sign. And of course, you know, most people came with his entire collection, <laughs> which was, I think like at the time, I think he was up to 10 books or something. Oh, wow. So, and they wanted you know, each they book getting... signed? Oh, yeah. And of okay. course, they had to put a limit on that. Right, right. So what do you prefer, printed book or digital? Please don't make me choose. I will try not to make you choose, but this is kind of the rapid fire section. You're supposed I know. to kind of make a choice. Okay. If I absolutely had to choose, I would say printed. For example, if I have a cookbook, I don't want to be looking it up on my phone and have my phone turn off and then I have to get back into it and try to find my spot. I like to use bookmarks. I like to use page markers. I like to have that physical book. Biographies especially. If it's something that is a quick read or something that I can get at a much cheaper rate... In Kindle, I will go online. Also, a digital book, if like my kid just absolutely needs it the next day, I can get that, download it, and then they have it until I can either order it or go to the library and get it or go to a bookstore and get it for them. Makes sense. But I also, for those books that I know I'm only going to read once, I don't want to do the, the waste of having a book, have all the paper, and then having no place to store it. So I basically just a yard sale or the donation bin, who, who knows where it's going to go. That's a good way to think about it, though. Is it a book that you're going to be reading more often that you're going to go back to more than once? Because you said earlier, you've got more than one copy of Pride and Prejudice. I know you've picked up a few kind of around the world as you found them in different I do. stores. That is one of my one of my hobbies. So I think it really, for me too, depends on the book. If it is more of a nonfiction book mm -hmm. and I want to be able to write in it, I want to be able to mark, you know, tab it, I want to be able to do all those things. I like the more physical book. Mm -hmm. But for my butcher books, 
again, it's just one of those things that I really kind of like reading my fiction online. For right. some reason, it's easier for me right. to be able to read it online than it is in a physical book. Mm -hmm. And while I love having my library, which is back up now, right? I am so excited about that <laughs> because I'm now all my books are out of the storage shed now and okay. I can actually look at them and see right. like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But it's really nice to have some in print. I have a lot of very old books, kind of collector's edition books and things like that too, that I really like to have on display. And I do like the touch and the feel. That's what I like about the library. You're going in and you, especially some of these older libraries, the beautiful book covers that they have. Absolutely. And the illustrations inside and being able to smell them and to feel that page turn and things. And when it's you have a nice amazing. area to display them, like we have some built-ins in the office, it's it's just beautiful. Like mm -hmm. we have the, the hardcover Harry Potter collection and other collections. I almost want to get an old set or I don't even know if they still make them encyclopedias just I to have too. on the just to have there because yes. it just looks so nice. I was so angry that I did not think about this when my grandmother passed away mm -hmm. a few years ago and we were taking down the house, you know, everybody was vying for whatever they wanted. Right, divvying and I really up. only had two things specifically that I wanted and that just screamed to me, my grandparents. And then after everything was done, I suddenly realized, holy cow, the other thing that just screamed my grandfather more than anything was his set of Britannicas. Right. That was in this inset, you know, built in, in the wall, in the library, uh -huh. in the place that he pretty much hung out the whole time. Yes. And I remember he would really like, if I didn't know a word or if there was a concept I wasn't aware of, he's like, you know, go get the book. That was where I really started with that love of books was, yeah. was him. Whereas now it's just like, hey, Siri, tell me about the American Revolution or something. Yes. You and I both, we want to set up encyclopedias. Yes. I think we're going to, I think we're going to, after we post this, the Google AI is going to start posting tons of ads on where we can go find We should them. just agree now to exchange that as Christmas presents to each other. <laughs> we should. We should. Merry Christmas early. Yes. Now that you know what you're getting. Yes, you too. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> but something you said about making notes and stuff. I live in a high altitude area. I have to adjust all my cookbooks. That's something that I could not do if I have the digital book. Right. It's harder. I mean, you can do it, but it is harder. You have to be more comfortable with tech. And I'm not. We'll get into that in some episode. I am the least tech savvy person probably on this planet. That is one of our main differences. Yes. And I've had 25 years in the tech industry. Yeah. Whoops. But then there's the ease. For example, my oldest son can devour a book in a couple hours. Ridiculously fast reader. He loves to also have his sets of a series and everything, but we travel a lot. And I'm sorry, but if you're taking one carry-on bag, no son, you're not bringing three books. <laughs> so he's got his little Kindle, we download his books, mm -hmm. and then he has that tiny little digital pad. He can read on the airplane, he can read in the car, he can read in the hotel room at night, and it works out perfectly for him. And I'll tell you, it's really interesting because my mother, who is a huge avid reader as well, we tried getting her a little Kindle. Did you? Oh my God. That was like the worst gift ever. Thankfully, it wasn't me who got it. It was her <laughs> husband at the time. And I'm 
he asked me and I thought, well, that's a great idea. Mom right. reads a ton of books. And I thought mm -hmm. that would be fantastic, especially when she travels because she travels a lot. No, she is 100% print only. No way. Nothing else will do. And then she leaves them at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, books I'll never read because <laughs> mm -hmm. she and I don't match on genre either. But it is interesting what you brought up a little bit earlier too about cookbooks because you like to have that printed version. I am now, well, finally cooking and we'll deal with that in another episode because another thing that we don't have in common, I don't cook. I am learning slowly but surely. Thank you, Jamie Oliver, for that one and his <laughs> five ingredient meals. But I much prefer to have my recipes on my iPad on that. Oh, mm -mm. I love to have them on the digital. I can zoom in, zoom out. I can bring up the video that goes along with it sometimes. It makes it a lot easier for me in that one. That literally gives me like little shivers like a nightmare. <laughs> Well, and I that's a little, keep that's it a, a little far a, away from the That's saucers. a little trigger point for me for some reason, and I don't know why. You're not going to be able to come by when I'm cooking now, which is probably good for you because it's not that good yet. I'm trying, but I still have to translate Jamie Oliver's courgettes, his British English to English. Zucchini. I know. Well, I know now. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those. Siri, what is a courgette? Oh, no. Because you wouldn't have been able to look that up in a Britannica. Anyway. True. All right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So you were saying, too, that your favorite book, Pride and Prejudice, mm -hmm. you did not like the other version recently of Pride and Prejudice. But the movie? Yes. Oh, no. The movie has to be the 90s version with Colin Firth. Yes. And Jennifer Ely. Absolutely. That's, that's the most that's the most true to the book version that I've ever seen. The other ones are mm -mm, they, they make me itch. <laughs> but I do. I love the book. And my thing that I collect, I guess, is different versions of it. Whenever I'm on vacation, I will look for a used bookstore and I'll go see if they have a version of Pride and Prejudice that I don't have. I've got about 28 of them right now. Oh, fantastic. And it's really great if I'm in another country, if it's in the native language of that country as well. Those are especially meaningful to me. Makes sense. And um, I think that's probably the only thing I collect aside from ornaments for my Christmas tree. More than a few. Yes. Christmas tree ornaments from different places and Pride and Prejudice books. Okay. And when you go looking for those Pride and Prejudice books, you head into the bookstores. Yes. You find those kind of unique little mom and pop shops, the little used bookstores, that kind of thing. Used is my preference. Although if there isn't a used bookstore wherever we are, and there is a local bookstore that sells new books, I obviously go in there too, and I'll see what they have. So yeah, sometimes I can't stop myself from going into a bookstore. I really still do like a Barnes and Noble sometimes for the, the variety and the selection. And, and I like it more than an Amazon because when I go for a bookstore, I don't necessarily know what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of looking for something new. And that just gives me everything right in front of me. And I can just kind of browse at my leisure and figure out, okay, what am I really wanting to explore today? But you can do that at a library too. And you can. And yeah. I'll tell you, that's where it kind of gets into the different for me between library versus online store versus brick and mortar bookshop. I go to the library because I need help. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a specific reference material for something that I need, or I am looking for somebody with a really great, vast knowledge to give me a recommendation okay. on something, on a genre that I want to explore and would like to know some more information. And that's where librarians are so helpful. I think more so than bookstores because 
they're usually the employees there are, are more up to date with what's hot now, what's selling now than the overall genres and the overall categories and stuff. I personally tend to avoid the larger bookstores because now there are like 50% toy stores and I don't want to bring my kids in there saying, can I have this Harry Potter puzzle? Yes, it's book related, but they're Legos. You have Legos. You don't need another <laughs> Harry Potter Lego set. We are here for a book. <laughs> We're not here to get the Harry Potter Wizards kit or the, what's the one where she, the girl has the bow and arrow? Hunger Games. Oh, Hunger Games. We yeah. are not here to get toys related to the Hunger Games. <laughs> we are here to get the book of the Hunger Games. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not yes. the toy of the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. So I think that's where I stick to the library or the online. Like I said, the, the smaller bookshops, absolutely. That is a little piece of joy within my heart when I find those tiny bookstores. Makes sense. Less of a hassle. The little unique used bookstores, especially Love when I'm traveling internationally, are fantastic. Yes. Because Love them. you are going to find things in print that you're never going to find digitally. Exactly. Nobody's ever going to convert that particular book right. digitally. And uh, some of them are themed bookstores, you know, they're only certain topics and subjects, which I also find very nice because it gives me a broader selection than uh -huh. I might have somewhere else. But back to the libraries. Because oh, yes, because that's where our heart lies. Our, our individual hearts lie. Very much we, so. I mean, libraries aren't dead. No, but For society, not. we need to keep these repositories for free knowledge. Yes. It's incredibly, I mean, even if you're a conspiracy theorist and you think that one day a solar flare or, or God forbid, actually an act of terrorism does kill the electrical systems that we have, then your digital books are gone. Right. And all we have are the print books left. So they are kind of a little bit on the important side. I oh, think absolutely. for people who really treasure these libraries. And what I found in preparation for this episode is that we really are, as a culture worldwide, treasuring and valuing these libraries, which actually really blew me away in this digital age. I thought they've mostly gone the way of the dinosaur. And when a, a library ages out, it's just torn down and it doesn't get replaced. That's what it feels like. But as you said, it's not the case. It's not. Seattle just spent millions of dollars on this brand new library right in the center of the city with a well-known architect and made this fascinating cantilevered building. I mean, it's it's architecturally stunning. But then the way that they supposedly designed the building, it's the only building with the continuous Dewey Decimal System as you go up the stairs, the way that they designed it. And I just, Sweet. now I want to go see it. Yes. I'm like, wow, because Road there's trip. nowhere else. Exactly. There's nowhere else that has that. So I think that's interesting that they were able to do that and kind of took it into consideration. But it's this gorgeous new building. And there are more like that. I mean, if you like some of the old school libraries, they are drop dead gorgeous. Oh my gosh, yes. It's like a museum. Oh, it is. It is a museum. They have it statues and paintings and mm -hmm. these etched windows or stained glass windows and cathedral yep. ceilings. Oh, Trinity College in Dublin. For anybody who's there and if you live there and you haven't gotten there, because I know for some people, being a tourist in your own city is not something that a lot of people get a chance to do or even want to do. 
Right. I know a lot of New Yorkers who have never been to the Statue of Liberty. They don't care. But Trinity College, wow. Just the illuminated manuscripts that they have, the building that it's in, in and of itself is something to see. And then all of the books on top of it, extraordinary. But you know, we've got a few here in the United States of the old school type libraries still out there, of course, in New York. The George Peabody Library in Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore, when we yes. uh -huh. lived over in that area of the country. That is a fascinating library, the old school style. And then what you were saying, there is the library in a Benedictine monastery in Bavaria. The statues, the, the setting of these ancient manuscripts is stunning. There was also the one picture that I showed you of the Royal Portuguese Reading Room in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. The one with that amazing stained glass skylight oh, yes. window and just uh -huh. walls that went up to the ceiling with books. I have to say, I would probably just go there, get a book, just so I could sit in the chair. I might not even read the book. I would just like sit in the chair and look around at everything. Just the feeling of being in a place like that. So old and so, so much knowledge within those walls. Not just from the books, but from the people who who know the history of the building. You combine that exactly. and it's just a plethora of knowledge and to me, exciting history. I completely agree with you on all counts in there. That is one where you really would want to talk to the librarians. What is that hidden gem of a book that is in that massive library that they found or that, you know, what is the aspect of it that they love, the history of the building or things like that? Well, speaking of history, there is one library and I don't know if it's in use right now or not, but it was in, I believe, Assyria, which is current day Iraq, and it's the Library of Ashurbanipal, and right. it is amazing. It is from, I believe, the 7th century. Yes, they're currently doing a study on the contents of that library in association with the British Museum. Oh, amazing. Yeah, what they come up with there. It really brings me back to, I am so sad to this day that we lost the library in Alexandria. I mean, talk about the knowledge that we lost when that went up in flames. And the ones in Pompeii. And the ones in Pompeii absolutely Could, couldn't even begin to imagine what was there but we talked a little bit about new libraries before and the seattle library has really gone out of its way to kind of combine the old with the new they have 400 computers there for research they have an extensive digital library that they actually bring in and that they allow the users to use well the library of alexandria not to be outdone <laughs> was redone recently within the century, if I'm not mistaken. And they a whole new facility was built. And I just think that is an ode to the past of something that we lost before that they were trying to bring back. So That's libraries awesome. aren't dead. You know, there are new libraries going even, up all the time. Even just your local library has so much to offer. If you go in and you have no idea what you're looking for, there's a librarian or a research assistant or someone who can guide you just by telling them your interests. They also have story time for children. They want to engage with the children and enrich the children. They have meeting rooms where you can have meetings. You can do book clubs there. You can do... Some of them do have extensive programs for the public. I actually did a seminar once. <laughs> Don't laugh <laughs> because we all know my black thumb, but I actually did a, a seminar on organic gardening. My brother got sick. <laughs> 
at the last minute and he was doing a presentation at the library and we had like 30, 40 people sign up. So I didn't want to leave them hanging. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll be there. I at least have his notes and everything right. else. And so I told everybody right at the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to be able to answer in-depth questions, mm -hmm. but I can at least get you the information that he wanted to on organic and green gardening. Right. So, but they had a huge program. They had programs every weekend. So check out your local library. You never know what's available for you. And if it's not in your library, most libraries are part of a network. They can get you what you're looking for or direct you to what you're looking for. Ours, I believe there's 10 or 12 libraries in the network. Mine that is close to me does not have a certain book. I put in a request. It's there the next day. That is the way that some of these libraries are utilizing the technology. Not necessarily available in print, but we can provide it to you digitally or it's not available at this library, but we can now put in those requests digitally and have those books sent And they back drive and over in the little bookmobile that I have seen driving around town and it is so cute. Oh my gosh. Speaking of cute bookmobiles, again, researching for this particular episode, I was so excited. There were these adorable solutions to getting books and knowledge to rural communities, not just here, but worldwide. <laughs> Two of my favorites were the Biblioboro, which I'm sure they say with a much better accent. Uh-uh. Don't Burrow. tease me. Don't tease me that it's a donkey. It's a donkey. Oh my gosh! <laughs> baby donkey. <laughs> so this man has these two little donkeys and he takes the little donkeys and their books to rural communities in Colombia. I thought that was amazing. I was like, of course you do. Best way ever to get my books. <laughs> oh my I would love it if a little donkey came up my street. Oh my like, gosh. I would be like out there with my camera. Like I'd be taking oh, yeah. selfies with the donkey. I'd be like, can I ride the donkey? I got me on a donkey with a book. <laughs> Take a picture, take a picture. <laughs> so, and now oh my we gotta gosh, go. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but the other one, okay. So, of course, that different countries have different, let's go with vehicles. Okay. <laughs> to get around, right? So, there's the camels uh, in one of the countries in Africa. Oh, I and love then, it. Yes. And then in the Norwegian fjords, it is the book boat. Oh, don't even. <laughs> so again, to get to some of the more rural communities in that area, they fill up the boat and then they sail the boat around to the different ports, the different cities, small cities, and people come in to the boat library. That's awesome. I wonder how often they go around to like switch out books and, and whatnot. It would be an interesting thought. We need to get some more information from them. Have to go find the donkey. <laughs> Next trip, Colombia. To the donkey. To Colombia. We're going for the Biblioboro. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. be adorable. Oh, right. I've, I'm going to find pictures. I'm going to find pictures. I'm going to post pictures if I can find them. Yes. So amazing stuff with libraries. This, this is not going away. And that was the best part of preparing mm -hmm. for this episode. It was. I'm remembering. So in college, I worked as an assistant in a library. It was part of the work study program. During that time, I just took library for granted because we didn't have the digital media. I was there. The microfilm and microfiche and the encyclopedias and all the physical elements of the library. And it was a little overwhelming at the time. But now as an adult, I volunteer when I can, which is a lot. I would go to the children's school library and I would spend hours there. I would volunteer upwards of four hours 
a couple days a week because I loved it so much. The kids coming in, looking at all the new stuff, looking at the, we would do displays like Dr. Seuss week or (laughs) under the sea week. We would put up all these wonderful decorations and pull out some of the books and just make these little areas to walk through that they could be immersed with little fish and kelp hanging down from the ceiling and some book suggestions laid out. It was so creative. It was so wonderful. And the kids loved it. So I really hope with that kind of structure, at least in the libraries that my kids are using in schools, I hope it's like that for most schools. I really do. But that encourages them to just want to be there and the story time to just want to be there. And then, okay, say Mo Williams was the author of that book that day. Then at the end of that little lesson in the library, they'll want to check out another book by him and they'll go grab it. So it's not even like you made a recommendation, but they heard that written word. Mm -hmm. And now they want to read the same type of book themselves, take it home, take it back to class. It was so fulfilling to me as a quote unquote book nerd, maybe just someone who loves books and reading so much seeing those kids in there, even if they don't like to read, maybe directing them to a graphic novel Mm -hmm. that they can start to interact. It's more of a comic book, but there's words. And then at least it's a subject that they're interested in. And then maybe once, you know, they've kind of read and their reading has improved, move it to a chapter book series that is in the same genre. And I feel so heartbroken for schools or school districts who don't have that available for their children. That's true. I really hope that at least the public libraries that are available to them are somewhere that they can go to experience that on some level because there's nothing like it. There is nothing like it. One of the most poignant memories I have from my childhood is my mom taking me to the public library in our city. I remember the building and all of the books. It was fantastic. And I would really hope that to be available to other kids and other cities and that their parents are able to engage them that way. Same with me. My mother took me once a week or if I don't know if it was once a week or twice a week, whatever the borrowing period was at that Mm -hmm. time. And I would get the maximum number of books (laughs) and I would just take them home and love them and read them and make my dad, my dad did the bedtime stories. So he would read them to me. And that was just my time with him. And then the next time we went back, I would trade them all out and get some more. It came to a point where I was reborrowing the same books because I loved them so much, but there was nothing like that experience. And then I remember even going from where the children's books were going to the big kids section. I remember they had it because it was the children's, the children's was actually in the basement, the children's area. (laughs) And I remember I get to go upstairs and look at books now. This is awesome. In the daylight. (laughs) Yes. You came out, you came out of the dark and into the light. What a perfect association for that. Even now, there'll be a topic that I want to do some research on. I was trying to, harking back to your black thumb story of killing plants, I kill everything that's not plastic. And even then, it's iffy. I have killed cacti. Yes. Yes. Not cactus, cacti. But I was trying to grow basil. I'm not going to go buy gardening books, but I went to the library, got a bunch of gardening books, borrowed them, took them home, read it. Everything died anyway. So, I mean, I guess the story's <laughs> kind of got a sad ending, but I didn't But it wasn't spend. the library's fault. Right. But instead <laughs> of spending- Instead of spending 15 to $29 on one book, I borrowed about five books just so I could find that little bitty space on herbs. And that's the great thing. 
especially in the economy of today. Yes. Utilize that because there are a lot of things that you don't need to buy. You don't need to buy that book. You want one sentence out of that book. You need one fact out of that book. Utilize the library. That's why it's there. There's such a sweet story about us getting to the library as kids and, and how we can still utilize these. We keep using the word treasures and I'd have they to pick are. up my thesaurus from the, <laughs> from the library to be able to find another word that's comparable. But they are treasures. They Definitely. are. So Lori, what did we do last week and what are we going to challenge our listeners to this week with libraries? Well, our last episode, we spoke about differing lifestyles and how they work for you and how they work for me and others. We went through some common preconceived notions and even judgments that are associated with certain lifestyles. But we gave our listeners the challenge to find out one aspect of their life that just brings them joy, just brings them happiness, just brings them a full heart in their choices. I hope that they were able to accomplish that. Please let us know if you did. Dallas, how did you do on that challenge? Well, I have my cats. Oh. <laughs> so they brought me a lot of joy this week. In a difficult week, it's hard not to when they just cuddle up with you and start purring. Oh, that's sweet. Well, my kids went back to school. So the first few days was, they were a little hard, but now that I have some quiet time alone in my house. I'm finding the joy in that because you know what? In the past few days, I've been able to read more, which lands me perfect for this week with talking about libraries and books. Yes. Your lifestyle of going to the library and yes. reading. Excellent segue into our challenge for this week to our listeners, which by the way, I'm going to go chart and see how many of our listeners, depending on the time frame we released this, also had the idea of when my kids went back to school, Yes, <laughs> was their moment of joy this week. No offense to the kids. It no, we though. love them. You love your kids. I love my kids. I just also love quiet. It is nice. It is. So our challenge? Well... Our challenge this week is to go check out your library, see what they have, see where it is if you don't know where it is. Some people probably don't know where their local library is and go inside, check it out, get some books for yourself or your family members, or take your kids to story time if they have that and you have children of that age. Just be a patron of your local library. And if you're already a patron and you love libraries as much as we do, then how about supporting it in another way? Maybe you have books that you don't read anymore that it's time to find another home for. Donate them to the library. See if there's any volunteer opportunities. Or maybe they just need a little bit of monetary donations to help them keep the library going because they're underfunded. Precisely. Those are all great recommendations. I hope that our listeners take us up on this particular challenge. So do I. <laughs> I'm actually going to the library tomorrow. I already have it scheduled. So I will be rocking this week's challenge. I will be rocking it this weekend, visiting my local library. Since I moved up here, it's only about four blocks away from me. I was so excited. I'm like, I am moving close to a library. And right as I moved up here, COVID hit. Oh, yes. So now they're back open and I can actually go explore my local library. So awesome. Very excited. 
Now that we've discussed our ideas, are there any recommendations about today's topic that you'd like to share? Drop us a comment on Instagram or become a Patreon member for special perks and bonus content. For a complete list of products, services, or other content mentioned in today's podcast, visit the links page on our website. Thanks for joining us on this week's Browse into the Library. Join us next week as we trick-or-treat our way into Halloween. We'll tell tales of its haunted history and share its sweeter side. Follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at next week's episode. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lori. And I'm Dallas. And this is the Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. The Two Redheads Podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. As with all our platforms and content, this podcast represents our own current personal views. These opinions do not represent those of any people, institutions, or organizations that we may discuss, mention, or recommend to our audience. At various times, we may provide reviews of products, services, or other resources. Any such reviews will represent the good faith opinions of the authors. You should conduct your own due diligence and should not rely solely upon any reviews provided by the authors. We are not licensed healthcare professionals, and our personal experiences addressed are what works for our bodies. None of what we say should be taken as medical advice. Please refer to your own physician for any medical needs and concerns.